Hello. Hi. <laughs> Today's weird. Today is weird. I mean, literally. We say that every time. <laughs> but it is. You got a stellium in Aquarius. Venus is in Aquarius. A lot of good astrology going on. How are you doing? I'm good. So I'm Raya for anybody that's tuning in for the first time. Um, yeah, I've been okay. I'm doing a, a kind of intensive program with Shannon, who we've had mm-hmm. on the podcast before, that's Psyche's Journey. I know you've done it before, right, Alex? I have, yeah. So it's kind of a deep dive using tarot, actually, quite often, at least thus far, to kind of uncover some stuff and do a deep, you know, I feel like maybe it's my Scorpio moon or just my cycles every once in a while, what I was... It's like I need to dig up some graves, you know what I mean? <laughs> Every once in a while, I just need to like do some deep digging and and uh, excavating. So that's what's happening. And um, I'm holding out for a blizzard. Yeah. So anybody that wants to put some uh, energy and vibes into a blizzard in West North Carolina, please do so. Because I have not had one in ages. We haven't had a really solid good snow. I know Marshall just got a bunch of this this one that was just a few days ago. I'm in uh, over like 3,000 feet in Maggie Valley and I got one inch. Yeah. I'm very bummed. Yeah. So I want straight up like. We got more in Swan Blizzard. Blizzard. Yeah. Snowed in. Yeah. All right. I mean I think we can make that happen. It hasn't happened in a few years around here. My mom was talking about when we were young and we and I lived up there that there was one year we got like 20 inches or something. Yeah, we need a blizzard. Yeah, we need one of those. Okay, all right, we'll call them. Da, 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 da. Anyway, how are you, Alex? I'm good. <laughs> I mean, I really like Aquarian energy. I like this energy, so I feel a lot. I mean, it's like a little forgetful for me because my Venus is in Aquarius and my Mercury. And so Mercury, and neither of those, I believe, I can't always, I can, I can never remember, are retrograde. I believe my Mars and my Saturn and my Pluto are retrograde, I think. Maybe not Pluto. I'd have to look. But, so, I like these energies. Like, Venus and Aquarius is, like, all about freedom. It's in my 11th house, which is ruled by Aquarius. It's like, you know, friendships and, like, just vibes around, you know, just being yourself. Everybody, go run naked in the woods. <laughs> Although I like to just think about it. That's my Mercury in Aquarius. Just the visualizing is enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'll just visualize it. I don't need to fucking actually do it. Um, and so I, you know, again, I really like this energy because a lot of the mediumship I do, my Mercury in Aquarius is in the 12th house, which was ruled by Pisces, which is mediumship in astrology. So it's like communicating to spirit on the other side. Because Mercury and Aquarius can be very logical. But if you've gotten a reading from me, I definitely ground it in like the nervous system and human and like our human so that it's um, organized in that way. And that's a lot of what Mercury and Aquarius to me feels like is that organization, that channeling, that piece of things as well. Mm-hmm. So I have, I really enjoy this kind of energy, but I can see how it'd be very overwhelming, especially let's, I got, my, my thing would be maybe for people who are dealing with people <laughs> in the sense that it's like, I think I, I can see mental health counselors having a tough time around now around like people just feeling out of their minds a little bit or just like getting their minds blown or there's a lot of energy. So again, Jupiter, Saturn, the sun, 
and Venus and Mercury are all in Aquarius right now. And they had we had that full moon in Leo, which was like connected to um, all of this. So that all felt very like Aquarian as well. And, and it's a fixed air sign. It's the water bearer. And today we're going to talk about tarot. And it's the star card and a little bit the fool card because the fool card is Uranus, which rules Aquarius mostly. It depends. Sometimes you have people say different things around that. Um, but yeah, so we've got the Mercury retrograde happening mm -hmm. right now. Um, so Mercury's just like doing the moonwalk backwards. <laughs> In Aquarius. Hanging out. Um, yeah, and Aquarius. And so, you know, like yesterday I like listened to a podcast on hollow earth and it was just fun. Like, you know, that's why I think it's so funny about, oh, here we go. I'm going to talk about this. I mean, I get that there are serious things around conspiracy theory and I get the conspiracy, that word is terribly put together. Just an FYI. <laughs> I don't like it. I, I get that, right? But I also think, like, when you get back to the basics of of some of the alternative thinking, uh, alternative science, all of these Aquarian things, it's just cool to think about hollow earth theory. And, and so I think it's so funny we're taking ourselves so fucking seriously that people are like, you know, and I get it. I get there are, quote, consequences to conspiracy theory. I also think that there are consequences to fully believing in certain other things. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, not fully understanding the matrix. There's consequences to that. Um, and so it's just interesting to me with like, you know, I'm like, okay, I want to like blow my mind. Like right. I want to expand my thoughts. I want to expand how I look at the world, which is very much the fool in the star card. And so it's just cool because there's like this, matching of that in the universe so you can go into these galactic spaces you know and you can feel fellow humans going there um and then you can also feel the anxiety yeah that is caused by that aquarian energy can be very anxiety producing for people especially shifting from an, a piscean age think of jesus the fishes this like more watery mutable sign which i'm a double pisces so it's like where there's warmth to that. It's like a warm ocean. Pisces are warm. We can be cold, but are very warm. Whereas Aquarius has a cooler side to it. Literally is cool. <laughs> like our, if you know an Aquarian, they typically have like a cool vibe to them. And so it's a shift. And like a lot of people talk about this, like the shadow side of Aquarius is AI, you know. Right very uh we aren't real humans and you see this play out right we won't even mention how we are really seeing it play out right like you see it play out on the human stage and it's fascinating it's really really interesting yeah so that's kind of some of the energies in between clients i've been jiving with um and talking to some of my clients about it but a lot of nervous system stuff which uranus i believe and again, we are not astrologers, just astrology nerds, but Uranus, I believe, rules the nervous system. Mm. And so that's interesting to think about with our nervous systems, because if we aren't grounded in our nervous systems and we go into this Mercury, Aquarian, vibe, brain, we're, we're fixed air um, space, then we aren't necessarily grounded in that felt sense nervous system piece, the somatic experience. Like I just did a video on 
IG about the limbic system because it's like, okay, what is, what, how can we connect to our bodies and our minds Mm -hmm. so that we're not like blowing circuits (laughs) everywhere Um, with that as well, especially with Uranus still in Taurus. So, yeah. Yeah. What I just heard some of what you were saying as far as the conspiracy theories and kind of a lot of this Aquarian energy is again... You know, something that we talked about a lot in the last episode is this sense of safety because of people that think differently, right, are in that air that are... Scorpio kind of feels similar in that it's like a verge of an unknown, but Scorpio is kind of these like dark, murky waters, like shadow stuff, and Aquarius is more of like spirit ethereal, like very, you know, ah, or just like weird technology. And it does threaten a lot of people's sense of safety of what they know and what makes sense to them and them feeling in control of the, in, their, in their life. And so if anybody challenges that, that threatens their safety. And so then they become in a trauma response, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. which is why there is so much. I mean, I, I my, my family has always been um, very, like, encouraging of thinking differently and, and just being curious. And I love having conversations with people that know a lot about, about things that I know nothing about. Um, but I feel like that is not actually, um, fostered and very present right now because there is a lot of people or there are a lot of energies, um, in this kind of fear spiral and yeah, you can totally get taken away and be an airhead and kind of, you know, be like, what even is happening right now? And what am I thinking about? And it is, um, I think you're right. Grounding your system, which may actually come up in, in what we talk about today. Um, yeah. as far as tools for this Mercury retrograde in this time, but uh, that is interesting to kind of just consider it was clicking for me, this sense of the, the unknown and my North node is in Aquarius and I, um, haven't really wrapped my head around it entirely. There's a lot of weird Leo Aquarius kind of tension and polarity in my chart because my South node is in Leo and my son is in Leo and. There's some interesting, like, how do you be both a Leo and an Aquarius at the same time is a yeah. very interesting yeah. challenge. Um, but Aquarius, as far as I know, is a lot of also, like, community. It's about service. It's, like, the good of all. Um, and so there's, there is something, and I, you know, tend to be an optimist, but there's something to that energy that is somehow leading us to, I'll say, goodness, betterness, whatever, for the collective. So we kind of just, how can we trust it and also stay in balance while uh-huh. it's doing its work uh-huh. or something? Because, yeah, there's there's just so much in it right now. Right, yeah. Well, and Saturn shifting into Aquarius, which I just know because I just finished my Saturn return, which was in yeah. Capricorn. I'm pumped that it's now in Aquarius because I'm done. But, you know, it'll be there for a few years now. And so a lot of people are doing a lot of work around that with yeah. their Saturn returns. Um, people that I know, friends that are like a little bit younger than me. But, yeah, that's some interesting stuff. Having Saturn in Aquarius, again, like I can't... Aquarius is so interesting. It's almost like I can't wrap my head around it because it is this like air, ethereal, complete like whole other world. Right, right, Yeah. And people that are Aquarian tend to feel otherworldly or like you were a fairy in your past life or like, who are you? Do you even, you know, are you meant to be on earth right now? <laughs> yeah. Well, and they're dualistic. So some, some uh, Aquarians, you'll, they'll be like obsessed with 
science and logic and like what I call the cult of science where it's like no 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 I'm right this yeah. is how it is scientific and science is very yeah. like experimental at its base it's dualistic at its base in general right mm. like it's there's a hypothesis there's an experiment it's experimental and then you gather the information and then things are constantly being debunked and this is what I loved about the hollow earth podcast and it wasn't just on hollow earth it was on like a aliens and a bunch of other stuff <laughs> Which is so cool, and he like explained how the oceans got salt. I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not not my it wheelhouse. Like all but the it was stuff my brother so loved. cool. Yeah, your yeah. brother loved. It's so cool to think of and expand. You know, and people like talk shit, and I'm gonna do this, but whatever. Talk shit about like flat earthers, which I totally get. I don't think the earth is flat. I think it is round. <laughs> Just to like clarify, but. I think that we have a very misunderstood idea of what open-mindedness really is. Yes. Aquarius is like, are you actually open-minded? Like, this is like, in Asheville, there's a lot of, like, polyamory, right? This is like, are you actually open-minded? But there's also this sense of, like, I was like, you know what? I'm going to consider someone else's reality. Yes. And I'm going to go into this. And I would walk tomatoes, like, years ago when I thought about it. And I would imagine, I'd be like, what if the earth is flat? And I'd go into that dimension around in my brain. This is very Mercury Aquarius, too, now I think about it. And, like, walk. And, like, think about the earth as something flat. Think about, like, and I don't know flat earth theory really well, but... And so it's interesting to think of, like, oh, okay, I can consider this moment for this person and see, like, I can understand, like, okay, this paradigm is interesting. And not have some attachment to being, like, whoa, they're crazy and wrong. Right. Which is, like, I think a lot of the, the, like, shadow work that's coming up around this as well, where it's, like, oh, you're crazy and wrong, but the distorted community and you're affecting the community by having those thoughts. And I think that is Mm. very nefarious because it's like, well, everybody has, it's like everybody has to be on the same page about something in order for the community to heal. And that is detrimental. That's codependency. Literally codependency is thinking that it's your problem to fix someone. And it's also, in my opinion, operating in that same hierarchy of I know better than you. I figured this out. You must know now. And it, they were, yeah, it's all the shaming. It's just not helping. Yeah. Why, why do you need to shame them? Why don't you just let them believe that? What, how does that change your reality? Right. How does it threaten your reality? You're giving your power away if it threatens your reality. Yep. You know? So yeah, yeah, it is very interesting. Like, and, and just the exercise of playing devil's advocate. I love that. Of like, yeah, maybe just think about this for a little bit. Maybe do some of the research. I don't know. Just think, just see. Right. I love that. It's it's enriching and and it doesn't feel like it's fostered right now. Yeah. I mean, I I remember I was talking to a, a professor at Columbia. Um this was like over a year ago when I was in New York City and he was expressing that he was a bit frustrated that his classes now um and uh, you know, this can kind of get a little sensitive, but he has to have a disclaimer before any lecture or before giving any text if there's any possible trigger for any possible ailment or um, trauma. And it's created a whole lot more work for him. And um, it also is really, he was saying it really hinders his ability to have people question things and pushing the envelope and really considering other perspectives. Um, So I want to honor that, of course, it is healthy and positive to honor someone's trauma or their potential response, which may be um, infringing upon their education or their ability to learn and the experience in that. However, 
are kind of like this, this kind of obsession that we've created now with validating these things all the time, we're hindering ourselves, we're just, we're creating comfort, you know, we're creating these like this perfect little nest for us to have our glass case, you know, whatever, instead of being like, hey, consider this, toughen the, you know, I think so much about my grandparents' generation and how much they, they, they felt tougher because they were kind of pushed in certain ways to experience certain things that were uncomfortable or, you know, were around just really different situations or different people and had to accept it, had to kind of somehow mm -hmm. understand it. Whereas now we're completely validated and put kind of on, we get to create our own throne of like, I believe, I, you know, what is best and, and everyone should believe what I believe. Mm -hmm. What? Right. That's not Aquarius. What is that? No, right. Okay, that is the shadow? No, that's not even the shadow of Aquarius. I mean, it's. A, I think it's a little bit the shadow of the Aquarius because you think of like the age of Aquarius, like all of that in the 70s when there was this rift of that and they like all wore the same outfits, the same colors. Mm. There is a group think we all have to be alike piece to the age of Aquarius. I think it's the ego and reptilian brain trying to make sense of Aquarius. Totally. Yeah. Which would be, which I think would be part of the shadow side. Yeah. You know, it's interesting to think about because Aquarians don't, if you like have Aquarian sun or rising or moon friends, like, or people who have Aquarius in their chart, like they don't like to be pinned down. And so it's interesting to think about it because none of what we're doing right now is going to like be able to be pinned down. And so that's tough because you can even think about the structure of our world, calendars, time, all of these things yeah. that connect us to these like structures of agreement, right? Even driving on the same side of the highway um, or on the side that we all agree to for everybody's safety. There's like pieces of that where I wouldn't be surprised if we hear stories about people like driving the wrong way, like something weird where they literally turn their reality upside down, right? Or are we in an upside down reality? And we need to shift in order to evolve from this, right? Like, are we in an upside down matrix reality? Like, it's 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 having all these conversations and turning everything on its head to be like, okay, what is this really? You know? And we'll always have, like, the dying piece of the Piscean age is the actual group think. Is the, like, we're all in the trauma together, cuddle, puddle, hug, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Like, that's the shadow side of Pisces, is, like, the close face talker who's like, oh, how can I help you today? The, like, yeah. real watery, mutable, like, come into the ocean with me. Like, that Piscean feeling that is, like, get me out of here, and I'm a double Pisces, but, like, get me the F out of here. Like, that kind of energy, Aquarian energy is like, nah, nah, like, <laughs> uh-uh. You know, like, okay, we've washed ourselves of these, like, I'll even say the word sins, right? Think of Jesus. Like, we've washed these sins. Now we're bringing in this, like, new Aquarian age. So I think of, like, Ascended Masters-wise, it feels more like St. germain -y. Like, mm. that kind of, like, violet flame, letting mm -hmm. it go. But it's still, like, alien-like, too. So you can think of, like, Archangel Michael. Like, these, like, you know, but both of those are more, like, sag, fiery energies. So... It's interesting to think about what kind of archetype we want to go into around, you air. know, air and yeah. But I mean, the fool, the fool is an, is an archetype too, as as well as a tarot card, because um, that's what we, you know we can and we can talk about if I want to make sure 
your if you want to move forward to the tarot. Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah. So what we also wanted to do today too is pull a reading, a group reading, and we haven't done this yet with our tarot cards. And it's the Rider Waite Smith deck that I utilize. And you utilize it's what that I learned and a few on. other ones, yeah. I do have a set that was gifted to me, but I tend to yes. use oracle cards instead of um, the normal perfect. major and minor arcana. Okay, perfect. Um, so we were going to, or are, we're going to do a reading um, for tools for Mercury Retrograde, which is interesting because typically, right, the tarot is a tool for divination, so you can utilize it yourself, you can utilize it for friends, and of course, in a professional reading setting. Um so we balanced this with the Fool card, which is Uranus, and the Star card. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And then, of course, the Magician's in there, too, because Magician rules um, or is connected to Mercury, which is that retrograde piece as well. So as above, so below. That's the flipping it on its end. Um, so, yeah, we... We'll talk, we want to talk, we can talk a little bit about the context of tarot, the fool card, the star card. So the fool is a zero. So major arcana and minor arcana, just a quick overview. There's 78 cards in the deck. The major arcana are going to be zero through 22 or, or the fool through the world, which is Uranus and Saturn represented there as well. Um, so you have all of the major arcana there. These are going to be bigger themes in your life, things like that, bigger picture things, as well as could be archetypally like overarching themes for the macro. And then you have your minor arcana, which are elemental as well as like playing cards. That's the history of them too. Um, so you have elementally, you've got the metal uh, air of the swords, which would be the, the air signs, which would be Aquarius, Gemini, Libra. And, and this is diamond. our mental realm. That'd be diamond in the playing cards. I forget which one. Oh, I forget what. those. Yeah. We'll just say it's diamond. Someone can correct us. Um, so you have the, the swords and these go ace through 10 ace being the beginning of the cycle 10 being quote the end. But as we know, like life's a spiral. So it's a little bit different from that, but this is like mental acuity, mental soundness, as well as, um, you know, the, like, sayings of, like, her words cut me like a knife. This is the kind of stuff we can think about um, with that as well. So we have our mental realm, the air, right? And then we go into the fire of the wands. So that's going to be Sagittarius, Aries, and Leo. <laughs> um, and so the wands and the swords are both masculine because the wands look like little penises. So that's always funny. Um, <laughs> so, and again, this is going to be spirit realm. I don't know if I, if I even said that. Spirit realm, spirituality, fire, all of that good stuff. Creativity. Creativity. Um, all, all of that good stuff. And then we have the cups. The cups are the emotional realm or the feeling realm is more so what I like to say. Water. Emotions being that expression. Yeah. Water, Pisces, Cancer, and Scorpio. Scorpio moon right now, right? Mm -hmm. Two. Yeah. And so that full cup, filling up your cup, all of that good stuff. And we have the pentacles. And you can think of elementally, earth is the hardest to move through, right? It's the slowest. I always say it's the last stop, not the first. Um, so we have that pentacle place of things as well. That's going to be the earth signs, Capricorn, Taurus, and Virgo. <laughs> and of course, Mercury rules Virgo. So shout out. Let's take a moment of silence for all the Virgos out there. <laughs> I have Mercury in Virgo. Okay. I know. You have lots of Virgo in your chart. So, Bless it. you know, we, you know, 
you can do it. <laughs> My in. best friend's a double Virgo. I always think of her around. I'm like, oh, you can do it. And she's got, I think, a stellium too in Virgo, so. All right, so thinking pentacles creates kind of like the, it's the world you create in the physical world with that as well. Possession so elementally. As well. Uh, yes. Abundance. Yeah. Yes. And I like to think of these two as like if you were working in balance, you would have, you know, you would be resourcing a fourth with each of these. So when we have someone who, let's say we have a person in our life who resources in the physical world all the time, physical, 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 and they can't necessarily get in touch with their cups, their emotional side or their feeling realm, right? There's going to be imbalance there. Um, as well as people who possibly, if, and it's okay, everybody in right time, right place, don't believe in spirit, then they're most likely not resourcing quote, like at all, but they could get a reading for, with the cards because you can work with your higher self. And we know like life exists outside of ourselves because <laughs> we are, I'm literally looking at a human in front of me, right? Like we are, we know life hmm. exists outside of what we see. I want to just speak to for a second. Um, I have always kind of found it interesting and I won't say challenging, but intriguing in a way I haven't understood all of, almost all of the sword cards are what I'll say is essentially negative. Like they have a tension mm. there. I've always felt like there is kind of this, um, you know, even I got the, uh, what are those cards that are, that are round that are like the mother piece like the tarot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mother and, piece deck, yeah. you know, hers are all different, uh, ancient societies and the ones that are swords are the only white people. <laughs> Uh-huh. And she essentially talks about how it, there is kind of this tension to all of the sort, and there's a part of it that I understand. Like even with myself, I struggle with my mental kind of hamster wheels and the ways that my that my mind fights against my spirituality, emotions, or body, or or whatever. But there are some times where it's like, hold on, can't this just be like really inspirational or creative? Mm-hmm. For me, sometimes the swords, especially in that deck. And then also the mother piece just kind of being an interesting ancient, there was almost a criticism of the sword uh, kind of energy, making it kind of these, you know, colonial, like it was just weird. There's a weird kind of tension to them. I don't know if there's something that you would speak to because you work with the cards so much. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, there's like, there's the dualism of it. And the mental realm is such a an interesting place for people, right? Like think of the ace of swords and in the Rider Waite Smith deck, it's like you've got the olive branch and the laurel wreath, you've got the little the little yods um, pieces to it, and it's like there's the crown. And this is like you can think of this too, and I don't read in reverse, so um, but you can think of this as like like creating new thoughts or like what yeah. are your thoughts and the, like the ace mental and the realm court cards crazy. are amazing yes oh, yeah, those are always amazing yeah but like the the i don't know i would say one through ten of the swords are just kind of there's an edge to them yeah well we have the five of swords out here that's a lot of like ego play um all of that good stuff yeah it, it's interesting you know or I yeah mean? the nine of swords you know I mean? is gonna be that kind of mo- kind of a little bit of that nightmare card or yeah, that that Slayer Demons card. Even yeah, the two, I can see that. Yeah, the two can be a little inspirational because it can be like I don't know, but they they right. all have kind of this edge that there's a shadow to them that's very interesting, and I yes. yeah. it's weird, yeah. but I also get it because my mind is sometimes my biggest block. Right, you know. right. But well, and you're Libra rising, so yeah. that would be you've got the air quality in your main three as well, which mm. is going to be that too. And that's the Justice card, 
which is interesting. I think mm. about 11. That's the 11th house, Aquarius. So, interesting. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, the other thing is, I just want to give a shout out to Sage Sansone, because that's who I learned the cards from, and she does online trainings, and she's freaking awesome. I'm in her old office space. She's lovely. So if you want to check that out, my favorite occult reference to the cards is Paul Foster Case. Like shout out. He's not with us anymore, but (laughs) just for some like, you know, connections to that. Um, so we want to ground this in the fool card and the star card. So those are two, uh, major arcanas there. So let's talk about the fool card first. So it's the zero. He's got the feather in his cap. He's got the white rose, which is connected to the death card, as well as the sunset in the death card. You've got the sunrise or the shadow of the sun in the, uh, fool card. So what does a fool card feel like to you? Um... Well, it's been a minute, you know, and I don't work with these as much, but I can kind of just pull on. I learned from um, Jeff Fox that has Cosmic Cousins, which is a really great podcast, and his um, newsletter is really amazing. Uh, He does a Brooklyn Pools journey, and my favorite book is probably the Jodorowsky one. Mm. They let you borrow it for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really interesting. Especially deck? mm, Like, and they talk to you? Like, if the fool could talk. Yes, he says if the fool could speak, and then he channels what they would say. Yes, yeah, it's a French deck. I wish I had it today, but, um, We'll do another one. This is part one. But the fool, to me, is kind of, in a positive way, it's like this going on an adventure, like jumping off of a cliff, something new, something exciting, you've got your bag, you've got your dog, you're ready to go, you're feeling good, you know, and it can be sometimes like, ooh, you kind of jumped too soon, or maybe you were a bit naive, um, or not quite as grounded, um, or, but it, it feels like there's this kind of heralding of a new thing. It's the zero, it's before the numbers actually even begin. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that transition period of choosing to go on a journey. You mm-hmm. haven't started the journey yet, but you've chosen it and you're mm-hmm. pumped. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's what it kind of feels like to me. Um, yeah, very much like I'm jumping off this cliff, but, and I think I've got a parachute, but I'm not quite sure, but I think <laughs> I do. I think it's happening. Yeah. I love it, yeah. Or, you know, and I think of, like, the fool's the only one in the court who can make fun of the king. Like, the power mm. of, of non-attachment, the power of that, like... And naive, naivete, yes. like the power of that. Yeah, and, like, it, in the embodiment of Uranus, so one of the things I like to think about that in relationship to orthobionomy and a little bit about how Paul Foster Case explains this is, like, we call something a reflex in ortho called the space between the notes, which you can think of... Like an orchestra playing, everybody, there's a pause, everybody claps, and there's like God, right, or universe, whatever. That's like the fool card. It's like, mm. the way he describes it is like the air above the fire, or like the, the inception of the thought before the thought, like the moment before the thought. And I love like the space we can hold for that around mm. people, where it's like, Uranus is like, how irrelevant are we? But like how relevant that is. Like, that's what I love about the embodiment of the fool card. Cause it's like, what is, what is that? And that's where the way we both have described this with the dog. And like, that's that space people hold. Like, right. We could judge, like I, I saw they just like before there were like freezing temperatures in Asheville, they like tore down a bunch of tents of people who, you know, are living there uh, and just tore it down, tore, like tore all Why? these right before. Exactly. 
why city of Asheville? So they, right before we had those freezing temperatures and it's like, instead of being like, Hey, which the judgment would be, these are an eyesore for, for tourists. First of all, if you're a tourist in Asheville in February, find somewhere else to go. It's real cold. So, uh, but I mean, I'm sure it's let people live. I don't know. Right. And so they tore a bunch of them down. And I think this is like, what if we thought of people who embody this fool, the, the Uranus, the space between the nodes Mm. are these like teachers for us. Right. Rather than this, like, Oh, we got, like they're an eyesore or whatever kind of wording I don't know what the thought process was it's an assumption they were doing that for the image but also like maybe prepare resources when you do something like that exactly instead of just booting it but (sighs) so that's what I think of like like people who embody that you know, you want to, like, Tom and I just recently rewatched Into the Wild, and I feel like Chris McCandless, I, I hope I'm saying that correct, correctly, um, or his Alexander Supertramp, or, you know, very much embodies the fool overtly, but also embodies the fool in that space between the nodes. He's like, I'm going to where nothing exists, right? And then he dies in that way, too. Mm. He's like, I'm going to where nothing exists. Well, it's like when you, you know, drive on the parkway, or you look at, you go to Big Sur, and you're like, whoa. And all of a sudden, you feel so small, but you also feel so connected to the world. Yes. Yes. Yeah, there's a Seamus Heaney poem. It's my favorite. It's called Postscript. And he, and one of the lines is like, it'll catch your heart off guard and blow it open. And that makes Mm. me think of the fool. You know, when you're, you just know when you're around the presence of someone who embodies that, because you feel so alive. Like it's, it's the it's greatness. Like, oh. It's the expansiveness. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. That's what yeah. I've been craving. Ah, we need more fools. And, and, and that's why I think the fool is kind of weirdly named. But, I mean, I get it. But it's like, who's right. really the fool there? It's actually a very <laughs> bold, like, courageous energy. Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like and, like, boots. the symbolism, the feather and the cap is going to be someone who's learning. Right, and then the white rose again connected to the death card because it's not the fool that the fool is irreverent about death, but the fool understands the cycles of life. Right, the death is the thirteen, and it's very much about you know, okay, we're gonna release this, letting go. Think speaking of Scorpio, right, with the Scorpio moon, this is like facing our fears around death, mm-hmm. like facing our fears around that piece of things as well. So well, much in that robe, card. His robe even kind of reminds me of the Empress or some of the. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the court cards, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Joker also. It's basically the Joker, right? It's yeah. the Joker, which is uh, similarly is basically named like the namesake of the fool. There's this kind of polarity of, you know, the butt of the joke, and yet they can be the wisest one in the room because they're playing the fool, right? You know, it's like the, I remember what is it, Phoebe and Friends, and she was actually super intelligent. Like it takes someone super intelligent. Most comedians. Right. Are super intelligent and like honestly very dark in order to be able to portray something that like simple or silly or stupid. You right. Know? Totally. So there's actually a profound wisdom in yeah. that simplicity. Yes. Yes. I love it. The zero. Mm-hmm. Zero sum. Okay, so the star card, which would be more related to Aquarius and, and Uranus rules Aquarius, so it's like this, that's that irreverent piece of things as well. So we have in the Rider Eight Smith. You have the naked lady sitting at the edge of the pool, kind of looking into the pool a little bit. There's a little bit of that narcissist feel to it, Mm -hmm. but it's more so like, do you look at your own reflection or do you see through? Like this kind of elemental piece. And it's so funny, like everyone always thinks Aquarius is a water sign and then the star card is very much got the water bear. She's got the two jugs of water 
a knee on the earth, that kneeling piece, and then a foot in the water, which there's symbolism around that. But there's also that um, eight-pointed star, which is, uh, is it eight or seven? I always forget. I think it's eight. Well, I'm counting on one, two. Three. Yeah, it's eight. All right, I'm like, it's eight. I know it's eight chakras. And that connects to the chakras, that alignment really? piece as well. Mm-hmm. But it also and reminds it, me unique. of the cross, it's the really eight-pointed cross, to... which was a certain mm-hmm. like ancient cross. Yeah, well, and you can't draw it. Like, well, you above, can draw... Below. It's like the four directions and the center as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can't draw that the same way twice. So it's that uniqueness, mm. that piece of the star Well, card. and it's the two triangles as well, like the, the Star of David, essentially, but it's right. just done differently. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Wait. No, that's six, right? That's six? Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's the two I'm triangles. Like wow, that. we're getting into math now. Ah, Sorry. Yeah, don't do, <laughs> don't do math. But I love this card, too, because I always think of renewal. She's naked, she's in the water, but she hasn't dove in yet, similar to, like, Aquarius to then Pisces, right? Which is the moon card. So it's like she hasn't she hasn't quite submerged herself yet. So when I get this card around, it depends on the context of the reading. I think of renewal things for people. Like, mm. like go in a body of water, do a cold plunge, something where you feel new. You feel brand new. You feel mm. renewed. You feel replenished. Uh, something connected to that. That's what I'll think about with the star card as well. Such for, a great card. Yeah. For me, it's so much of like the loveliness of being who you are and kind mm. of the cosmic calling of your destiny and your essence and um, kind of when you're in that alignment of like being the star of your own life, that kind of thing, right? The star of your own story. Um, so yeah, it's just a lovely like graceful card of how to kind of be in balance but also how to shine as like mm. who you are here to be. Which, you know, these two cards are very interesting because there is kind of this sense of, like, you know, the, the fool is more like take a risk to be who you are. The star is more like embody who you are and everything will come to you kind of thing. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's like what I feel around it. There's just kind of this interesting cosmic, like, l- lovely water, like, feminine mm. energy to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's like the subconscious, that would be the, Ooh, yeah. the right brain, the yin piece of things, the feminine, the left side of the body, where it's like, and that's the, the thing, are you going to look through the water, are you going to be able, you know, it's that lovely Carl Jung quote, you know, uh, the subconscious, uh, I always get this wrong, if we don't bring the subconscious conscious, we'll call it, we'll, we'll call, we'll something call and call it fate. Ah, I always forget how to say that. But basically we'll call accidents fate. We'll be like, mm. oh, I don't have control over my life. This is like the star card where it's like, if we aren't in relationship to that subconscious space and that renewal. And this would also be the idea of like waking up to your like lover or your friend or your, your partner and seeing them with new eyes. Yeah. This is like the like, you're new to me. Like I, of course, contextually, I'm like, okay, Rhea is this, 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 and this. And if I bring all those stories to the table all the time and like expect you to live up to my projections, that the star card is like, who am I if you don't know me? Which is very Uranus. Like, who am I if you don't know who I am? Yeah. And you can almost feel this in some of your Aquarian sun friends. Sometimes it's like, do I know this person? Like there's like this star card energy to them where they're like, yes. They're like, are they an alien? <laughs> well, so if you think about stars in general, they're these inspiring things of the cosmos. Mm. And what I was just thinking of what you were saying is, and I, I don't know the Jodorowsky book, 
if this is actually what it, that there was something about becoming empty in order to be filled and that mm. sense of feeling empty, but also so that, va- yeah. So ready for whatever it is. Like I'm a container, fill me with whatever you want kind of thing. That, that lovely imagery of emptying yourself out, being prepared for like whatever is coming in. Mm. And that is also a renewal and, and a change and a new, but there is this kind of cosmic um, aspect to it of trusting what's coming through, trusting to be the vessel. I love that she is like in this cosmic, you know, stars abound behind her, that lovely tree kind of up on the hill with a bird on it. Mm -hmm. And then she's got, yeah, both in the earth and the water. So she seems to be kind of balanced. There's not much fire in here really, but there's air, earth and water. And so there is kind of this like, it, it feels uh, spiralic, even uh-huh. in the water and the ripples of the water. Uh-huh. It's kind of that, like, continuation of life. And it's 17. So I remember in the Fool's Journey, we, we did quite intensive with different each different uh, major arcana. And really seeing them laid out, you can see how they transition from one to the other. And it really is a journey from one to the other. I don't remember exactly, like, where, obviously, the star is in the second um, kind of or is it split into three? I don't remember. But anyway, it's, it's an interesting turning. What comes before and after the star? Um, that would just be interesting ones, to I don't know. know as much. Because it's, it's, an, it's a transition. Not, yeah. Yeah. Well, it would make sense to... I always, the upper ones, I always forget what comes before and after. Maybe the um, moon? I don't think... Let me see. So okay, the, the, the first tower 12, comes I know before it. A lot better because it's the I, tower first. Yeah. Yes. So, so the that tower, makes sense. and that's the Mars, and we just had twenty twenty with the tower card, <laughs> and so the star emerge, yes, a star are. emerges from the tower card. Yes, 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 yes. Well, yeah, yes, you have that. to uproot the change, and then there's kind of this nourishment and grounding in the change, and becoming you've emptied the vessel in cleaning out with the tower, and now you're ready to be filled. And I think it, it maybe is moon unless the moon is after the sun. Yep. It's moon. So it, that makes, look look at this. Yeah, with the Piscean feel. Yeah. I mean, even just if sun. you're able to look at the star and the moon cards next to each other, there's a lot of compliments as far as coloring, the water, the ripples effects, and, and then moving into this. It makes it makes a lot of sense. When you start looking at it like a story. Yeah. I, the, the zero through 12 are the ones I, or 13, are the ones I know better because I can, you can connect them to the astrological wheel. Right, and, and also like connect them to the minor arcana, the numbers yes. r- directly relate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, oh, this is good. See, you learn every, something new every day. Um, and I love, like, you have in the moon, like, the Piscean, like, the shadow part of it. And, of course, the sun rules Leo, but it is also, like, the moon and the sun. <laughs> and then the world. Mm-hmm, like, these ideas mm-hmm. of, like, all these circular, cyclical pieces. Well, there's one that I comes right it. here. Yeah. Yeah, that's judgment. Judgment, right. You know that one. Oh gosh. Okay, Ooh, so should we, we ready pull? To the reading? Yeah, we'll do a reading. Um, so I'm going to shuffle if you want to talk about so we're this is a like a collective reading for tips for mercury retrograde yeah yeah so mercury is the planet that rules communication at its most reductive let's say that um and also rules gemini and virgos as well as we can think of the magician card for gemini the lover's card that mutable air sign so it's like bringing together the subconscious conscious realm piece of things. And then of course Virgos, you can think of the hermit card 
if you're following along mm-hmm. and you know tarot. <laughs> so if you just bring up the word, the way to win over Virgos, they think that everything's like a secret. I love Virgos. Trust. Because <laughs> I have so many Virgo friends and they're so lovely. Tom is a Virgo moon. Is by like respecting their hermitness. You respect that and they are like in like Flynn. They're like, yeah, okay, perfect. Like that kind of mm. feeling to them as well. So we're doing a Celtic cross. And I say all this too because you can like Google and look up some of these images as well as we go through. Um, and I pull them in a spiral. I don't pull them in a cross. Just an FYI. I also don't read in reverse. So we're going to go by that. But I love this because you can make the cards yours. <laughs> Um, and so the only thing different is I read what's influencing the present <laughs> moment. So if you've gotten a reading from me remotely or even in person when people don't know the cards, I laugh as I pull cards because it's just so you can't even make this shit up that I just pulled that card. That is hysterical too. Okay. <laughs> so thinking of two, um, Again, uh, the two cards that are the part like next to the crux of the matter, those are going to be what's influencing the present moment. Well, let's do it one by one because they can't okay. see spatially that's what we're looking idea. at. So it's a little more challenging. Good idea. And that's funny. So I'm this is a 10 card spread. I usually do. So here we are. We'll combine um, It is kind of usually in the form of a cross. So there's a, cr- there's a crux, in the, there's like the center of what's going on. There's something that crosses it. In my understanding, there's something that lies below it and above it, behind yes. it, and in front of it, Root which of can the matter, be past, height of the matter, future, yeah. and can be um, kind of like lower ground, upper ground, or you know, lower worlds, shadow, and higher worlds. Um, yes. And then there's four that I always forget what these are as the sequence. Sorry. So you do a bit of a cross, and then you do four separately that yes. kind of help clarify. Yes, um, we have us. Oh my gosh. I don't know. Maybe we should just wrap this up. I don't know. These are some big cards. I apologize. Well, and it's funny because Uh, don't drive. Pull your car over if you're driving. Oh gosh, sorry. You read these cards so frequently that you're immediately speaking with them. And for me, it takes a bit um, more of a moment for to digest each card. Yeah. So I'll 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 go through and say like each placement with each card. Yeah. Too. Hi, Gunner. Well, and I will oh, just say all right, all right. now here I while you're we were finishing, chariot, which is like that you can chariot. use any deck that you feel drawn to. For yes. me, I have um, I'm just a very visual and kind of more of a creative person in the journey of the different decks that I've used. That I now use one that's pretty I really love. That's essentially collages, and mm-hmm. it is um, kind of going along the lines of certain archetypes that are certainly uh, used in the major and minor arcana but for me there's a lot more room for interpretation there's something to be said about these and i really admire alex your knowledge about the different symbolism that kind of goes throughout how they all speak to one another there's a beautiful structure and the rider weight is it i don't know what i say when smith, smith is the illustrator in. oh okay that's beautiful rider weight yeah. smith deck is like kind of the original of what is kind of the place marker of mostly what yeah. I, I would say Western world understands as tarot. And, and it's kind of interesting. It's connected to like Golden Dawn, Alistair Crowley. I'm not the biggest fan of some of its roots. 
<laughs> occultism wise. But again, I love how Paul Foster Case talks about them in this book. So, um, you know, it's like you, you take the information that feels good. And, and then I, I love this deck for its um, astrology symbolism. It's right. Like that's super clear and very connected to this deck as well. Well, and the more so. you use the cards, the more, you, like Alex, you know, clearly you can hear her when she pulls a card. You. It immediately talks to her. And she immediately gets kind of a, an energetic feel, which obviously can be partly what the card represents in general, but also the tone of the yes. current reading and the questions you're asking and whatever it's speaking to you. Yes. So that's kind of how the magic all works. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> so card one. Weird reading. Card one. Okay. I love it. Okay. So at the crux of the matter, you're going to have the five of swords and the obstacle is going to be the page of wands. So if anyone, I'm going to say these slowly if anyone's writing them down. Well, let's, let's interpret so, it if that's okay. Well, I, I want to go through each. Oh, okay. Um, so, because I know there's someone out there that's like, I want to know how, what you pulled exactly. <laughs> so I can feel that. But so crux of the matter there. What, how I read this is what's influencing the, the present moment. So we've got the three of wands, that community piece, and the tower card uh, with the five of swords. So if you know cards, you're already like, ooh. <laughs> Uh, King of Swords is at the root of the matter with this as well. At the height of the matter is the moon card. So this is like the structure of the Celtic cross, right? Yeah. So this is like what we're working with, what we're dealing with. So I always think of this like turning of the corner. Us as a collective is the nine of pentacles. So like, fuck yeah. This makes me think of GameStop and what just happened, which has its all its theories, but... And this idea of like taking back what's ours, wealth, uh, the, those kind of things. In the environment for us, <laughs> this is so fucking crazy, is the hanged man, which is so great, but also in the environment for us, you can think of the 12th house and the zodiac, like wishes, Piscean, subconscious, and he's Jesus. He's like, you know, that's what we were talking about earlier, um, but it's that balance and that sacrifice uh, that, that happens as well. In the hopes and fears, we got the death card, um, so that's interesting, and we can talk about that a little bit more. And then our final, I read this, people read this as final result. I don't love our attachments to that word. It's like final result, okay. So I read this as the final directive. Um, we got the eight of wands, which is the lower arcana of the chariot card, which is the card I saw. So at least one thing worked out. You actually pulled a few of the ones that we had out earlier. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the tower card is the joke is I really did have like 95. I don't, not that's not statistically accurate, but... Almost every reading, even readings where I pulled only four cards, the tower card it was in 2020, and that theme has continued in 2021. So, well, it's not over. That card it's is like, like, the, it's like uh, until 2020, 2020, well, 2024. 2024. Yeah. 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 Okay. So it's interesting. I'll talk a little, and then you want to talk a little bit too, because there sure. are different ways to interpret cards. This is why it's a personal experience. This is why it's so beautiful because it's like an art. It's an artwork. It's, it's, it's something really beautiful that we're connecting to here. And then there are different ways of talking to and talking about the cards. Um, and this is what I love about them is they're living. That's the tool of divination there. So your five of swords is interesting. So fives are real middle of the road, right? Ace through 10. So you can think of that five, the page, I read pages more typically as lessons or messages, especially in a 
group reading um, rather than a child. But it's interesting because her garb is very similar to the fool. It has she has the feather in her cap. She's like self study. She has the pyramids in the background. You can think of the fire spirit realm. But she is very much about like how we're learning about it ourselves. And she's in the obstacle of a card that I basically call our human ego card. <laughs> the five of swords, which is like when we're still fighting something that we're actually meant to walk away from. Mm. So I always joke around like that bro on the basketball court, like I've been on a basketball court lately, but whatever, who like slam dunks on like a real chill pickup game and everyone's like, <laughs> don't invite that asshole next time. Right. That's like the embodiment of the five of swords where it's like, what ego parts are we holding on to because we don't want to learn and we don't want to study ourselves. And there's a warning around this, a little bit around finding your pack with the moon card at the height of the matter. There's the wolf and the dog. This is like finding your pack, but there's also like a warning there to like connect to spirit. That's how I'm going to put it around this. Like mm. right now, it'd be like your ego or your spirit, you're learning or you're not. That's the separation with the king of swords at the root of the matter. He's going to separate it out. So it's interesting because you're talking about the swords and we got those two there. Mm. What are your thoughts? I don't want to... No, no. I th that really... I was kind of sitting on the two initial cards, not really sure. But after hearing you speak, it does... And it goes back to that Akashic Records um, reading that I had about 2021 where it's that division of two sides. It's like, mm -hmm. are you healing or are you still hurting? Um, and, you know, yeah, I do think that there is a lot of energy of... Like we were talking about this kind of ego flexing of thinking we're safe and cool, but then it's like you're the one that's actually the most vulnerable when it comes down to it because it's false security. Um, it also feels like that man that doesn't have a shadow, that has nothing to lose, is like the most dangerous man. There's something to that, that, that kind of native-ism. Um, and the king of swords, for me, is very perfect because discernment is like, that to me is kind of a discernment card of, yeah, he knows what he's, he's the master of his own thoughts, right? Of the thought realm, of the air realm. And so it's kind of that invitation for us to find mastery as opposed to living in that polarity. Five cards are very difficult. They're very weird. And this one is no different. So it, it does feel like we're, we're being asked as, I love that you say like this invitation to spirit with the page of wands, but it does, it's like, how can you become your own master of your own um, you know, reality in that way of like the ego world that is centered around you, but mm. also affects others. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And that makes sense with the moon, right? You know, yeah. kind of like going into the deeper, um, what is my demon? Which, which wolf are you feeding? You know, are you feeding the dog? Mm. Or are you feeding the wolf? You know, which one are you choosing? Um, and, and, and that kind of threshold of understanding the depths of yourself and accepting that in your mental realm as well. I right. think bringing some of those, those underworld elements into the air realms and, and then kind of creating a beautiful blend or spiral of all of the things together is kind of what it's asking. Yes. Well, and so in, in like with that moon card, you have the lobster or the crayfish, which is like this idea of spirit it's like mm -hmm. connecting to that crustaceans are very connected to spirit <laughs> it's such a weird sentence to say but it is this threshold of spirit like what's your relationship to spirit what's your relationship to the divine to the subconscious and it's that same that same like 
quote that I keep fucking up with Carl Jung, right? Where it's like, you know, we'll call it fate if we aren't connected to our subconscious space. And this is what people don't like about Pisces. I'll just be totally honest because we're psychic as fuck. And so people are like, oh God, they know, they know. You can't really hide from a Pisces, you know? Uh, we well, know, or Pisces moon or yeah, exactly. And so this is like, we're simply that reflection. Think of that water sign. And I love this too, cause he has two of the swords fighting up, right? You have a sword upright. That's your fighting position. And he has one sword facing down. And so there's a lot of like that, that like the sword facing down is like when you're done fighting and you put it in the soil and you're like, mm. I'm done. But he's got these two swords facing up and it's this idea of like, what battles are you fighting that are done. Where are you giving your energy, your mental energy especially, that like everyone else has walked away, dude. Like everybody else has walked away. It's also right? hoarding. It's like I need mm. four swords. Like, yeah. Mm, no, you don't. Yeah, and they're hurt. The two people who have walked away are hurt. Yeah, and they're he's done. like, well, all right, we're going to keep fighting. He's like, flexing. Let's go. He's, let's rubbing, go. he's rubbing it in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and people who are very egotistical typically, it just is an indication that they're insecure. Yeah. So where are you insecure about about yourself in this world, right? And bringing that up too. Woo! So especially Ooh. in relationship now to the three of wands yeah. and the tower card connected to what's influencing the present moment, or some people read this as what's coming and what's been. Right. And so, and or some people read that opposite. What's been would have been the tower card and what's coming is the three really? of wands. Interesting. Yeah, people We'll like flip it. But I love this because the threes are about community and like the three of of wands is reminding us to learn. You know, this is a reminder of the lessons. He has that garb right here, this reminder that's similar to the fool and the page of like, you know, and the, the red is passion, right, in tarot. And so there's that sense of like, you know, learning. So when we think of this and we ground this in Mercury retrograde, it's like so beautiful to think of. Everyone talks about slowing down, but it's like, okay, what can I learn? Or maybe this is like study astrology during this time. Like that's very Mercury and Aquarius. Like Mm. study the weird shit that that comes along. And he has the little arm out. He can still fight his battles, which I think is really interesting to in relationship to the tower card, which is the paradigm shifts, right? And we have the yods there again. Um, those little gold specks. And in astrology, a yacht is the finger of God, right? And it's also like, you must do what you came on earth to do, right? So if you have a yacht in your chart, that you're pushed into this divine space, right? I have four yachts. I It's like healing and being a psychic. If I tried not to do it, my life would probably explode, right? Like, it's like, well, and you have a yacht too, right? I don't know. Oh, gosh, we have to look it up. Um, so it's like that push, that pushing toward divinity and divine emergence mm. um, with that as well. Because there, the, it, you can't stay in the tower, right? Like Rapunzel. <laughs> get out. It's burning. You gotta get out. You, you're forced. Yeah. You're either forced to or you grow your hair. <laughs> What I sense, you know, the three of wands for me and the two of wands, I believe, is the one that before it with a man holding the globe. Mm-hmm. And so the, the two of wands feels like kind of dreaming this uh, new future. The three of wands feels like, okay, you've created it now or like take, take um, stock in what is. So to me, this is also feeling like gratitude, like 
looking upon your life and recognizing what is already there and finding gratitude there. It's, it's the Lion King of the pride rock of looking out and being like, oh, okay, this is my land. This is my world. So there's an aspect of that for me in this sense of taking stock, you know, finding gratitude, um, but also understanding, you know, it's like when you look at a new piece of land, you're like, okay, I like the trees there, but that could have a house there. You're still kind of dreaming. You're still planning and plotting. Um, but you are also kind of taking stock of what's happening and that. the tower here, especially in, you know, our understanding that we've been in tower energy, <laughs> <laughs> but Sorry. it does feel like we, you know, in this way that my understanding through what I heard of Leo King, which may be wrong, but there's something about a four year cycle that we're going through. It feels like there is something that's a huge shift, kind of an overhaul, I'll say. Maybe it is something to do with the age of Aquarius. I don't know. Um, it also is that heralding of a new age. Uh, I was listening to a meditation that was basically comparing it to the fall of Atlantis mm. uh, is what's happening right now. So it feels well, like... Atlantis was in that hollow earth theory. Oh, of course it is. <laughs> but it feels like there's earthquakes, right? Yeah. So we had like a major one last year that was kind of high on the Richter scale, really hit us hard, continued to kind of wreak havoc, if you will. And then we kind of maybe found like common ground. We're taking stock and what happened, what we want to do next, and then we're going to get hit again. So it's going to continue. We're kind of learning how to allow for things to shift in a dramatic way and become more comfortable, as we talked about in the episode at the beginning of last year, of like finding that flotation device. What do you need to feel safe? And it comes back to what you were saying. What do you need to feel safe in this world? What are the things that no matter what, you know, it's basically like having your pack bag. There's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with having a backpack in your closet that's got candles and band-aids and water and cash and whatever, socks. You Go know what bag. I mean? There's nothing wrong with having that, right? Because it's kind of like it, it helps you feel like you're in control. It has a solution for you. So if the house starts burning down, you know what to grab. You have a plan. Mm -hmm. So there's something about that in like bracing ourselves for more um, rocky waters, but it's not about living in fear of like, oh God, when are we going to hit another wave? Instead, it's being like, cool, so how can we relax right now mm -hmm. so that we have the strength for the next wave? Also, how can we handle the next wave better than we did last time? What do we need to do in order to, you know, yeah, have success throughout whatever may come? Right. Well, and they're relying with that thunderbolt on divine intervention. Yeah. So it's like, when you rely on an external source to disrupt your life and you don't, like, do the work to, like, really work with the moon, the subconscious programming, like, shit will, like, blow up in oh, your face Oh, it gets louder and it gets harder. The universe, yeah. and there are moments where they will, like, it will happen. It, like mm -hmm. you said, with the yod, if you're, if you're not doing what you're intended to be doing, it will at some point become painful and excruciating. Just fact. It always gets louder. So yeah. that is very much like, yeah, if you don't already get out of the house, they will burn the house down to get you out of the fucking house. Right. It's like that little cartoon of that dog. I, I'm fine. Everything's fine. And there's like oh. a, like a fire all around him. <laughs> and, you know, and so the tower card too, you can think of Mars and Pluto. Right. So we know Pluto right now is in Capricorn, correct? Ooh. I don't actually know that placement. I think it's still in Capricorn. It has to be because it doesn't move into Aquarius until I think 2024. Mm. Um, so, and then Mars, I believe is in Taurus. I actually can't remember where Mars is right now. Anyways, I'm going to say Taurus because it was just in Aries. Yeah. It might be in Gemini already. Apologies, there's an astrologer listening like, ah! uh, so, and we can think of that Mars and Pluto energy together, like, hello, 
Like there's some irreverency, but also Mars, what you were describing, I love it because you're like embodying it of like that almost constrictive yet moving forward energy. It's the divine masculine action, movement forward. Like what are we doing Planning, next? structure, Think container. Your Aries, right? We just had Grace on, Aries son. Your Aries friends are like those manifesting, like let's do the thing. They don't necessarily have to be this cardinal fiery, like da, 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 right? It's more so like, let's do the thing. And that's like that tower card. Let's do the thing. With the Pluto energy of that too. Whew. And some people don't always read Tower as Pluto, but look at it. <laughs> it's very like, you know, um, Scorpionic. And kind of like a, 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 you know, a like shining light of this reading <laughs> is this Nine of Pentacles. Lovely so it's our gal. only pentacle, mm. which is interesting. We have no cups in this reading, but we do have the Hanged Man and the Death Card. So we got some cup vibes and the Moon. We well, nines are always lovely because it's approaching the, you know, quote unquote final, but sometimes the 10 has a tension of like, I don't know, there's something to it where it's almost like right. too full. The well, nine, the 10 of cups is like, can be illusion, nostalgia. The nine is almost like, I had a lovely dinner and I had just the right portion and it's perfect. <laughs> you know yes, I mean? exactly. And she's got the glove. Yeah. It's the finer things of life. It's like connecting to knowing. I always describe this card as like, there are a lot of people here in the Asheville area who live in Florida in the winter and then Asheville in the summer. And it's that. And they got their BMW and they're like, sup, or their Tesla. And they're like, I got this. This is, you know, like there's no shame in like their abundance in that way. Yeah. And she's got that Venetian robe, which think of Venus as expansive. It's also receiving, you know. And so it's interesting too, because you can think of in yourself, because this is us, it's like, where are we feeling the disparity economically, too? Like, where are we feeling that? And I'm not saying that in a spiritual bypassy way of, like, abundance is yours. It's much more like, what is your relationship to this? What's your relationship to money around these times? What is your relationship to how you call in money, right? I had a reading this morning. I think she'd be okay with me sharing this. So where, like, her relationship to money was fun. And I was talking to her about it and laughing because I was like, that never comes up. Like, and she got this card too when we did cards at the end. But it was like interesting because it was like, of all the things, mm. fun is not something that comes up around money. And she's like, yeah, I see this is this really beautiful energetic exchange. Like, let's do something fun with this money. Well, and that's what and a lot of like manifesting coaches talk about is mm -hmm. cultivating more of that belief and, and creating new neural pathways that money is lovely. Money is available. So you like talk to your subconscious in that way. I love I love that and this does feel like you know that making the world work for you like mm -hmm. and I, the one thing that I will say in, in kind of hearing you speak in this card is that something that I really try to encourage my clients to look at is not only what are your kind of stories and your relationship and kind of those downloads you have in your system ingrained around money but also what do you really feel like you want as far as money, because some people think they want the BMW and the yacht and the million dollar house, but they actually just want a lovely little cabin and enough money to like have organic, you know, vegetables in their backyard. Mm -hmm. And other people are like, no, 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 actually I need the yacht. Right. <laughs> and that's right. fine. And part of that's your divine path and really coming to terms with where you are. And this feels like understanding that, understanding where your place is in the physical world and also how to yeah find that elegance and flow so that you're in the synchronicity and yes. you know you do you're like oh this is perfect this is exactly what I wanted thank you you know well she's like got the glove and the bird yeah she's chilling she's mm -hmm. like observing she's like I'm gonna bird watch it makes me think of the retirees that are like we're gonna go spend hours bird watching 
and it's going to be great. Oh, for there's now, no shame, no guilt here. Like, yeah. And, and, you know, and I think of, like, uh, so when I worked for Lululemon, they made us listen to Brian Tracy's Something to Success, Elements, Keys to Success. It's a lovely Canadian dude. Um, and I got it on tape at some point. I always get a weird Canadian accent because it's a Canadian company when I start talking about Lululemon, so apologies. But he would talk about... I see it's right there. He would talk about these different things around like the elements of success. Why can't I think of the name? And he has this like like this song at the beginning and he talks about like you wouldn't drive with your emergency breakup. It's really good. Anyways, I'm sure someone's <laughs> like, it's da-da-da, but I can't remember what it is. Anyways, he talks about money in terms of like someone someone someone's concept of money is like $10,000 is like their perfect amount and someone else Mm $100,000. I think he even speaks to it as not enough. But it's interesting to think of like our Mm. relationship to money and like what that looks like in terms of like what we want to present to ourselves in the physical world. Well, and is that coming from ego? Is that coming from spirit? Right. Right. Totally. And birds are always connected to spirit. So there's some interesting things there too. I worked with this card a lot around my guides for a while and my great-grandmother... Oh, great, great grandmother Florence um, around this and around abundance. And she would like in meditation, like put this protective fur coat and it was like, oh, we'll say faux fur, <laughs> even though it's in a meditation and it was soft and like really like, you know, I felt protected. Right. And I was like, oh, okay. And she was like, feel how fine it is. Like feel. And she would bring me like these gold, this gold jewelry and be like, feel this jewelry. Like understand, mm. like, you know, and she'd bring me these gold bars as well, which was interesting and be like, remember they're right here for you. So it was like, you know, in my twenties and even in the beginning of my thirties, I really didn't make a lot of money. I had, I still have debt that I pay off around this. And it's like, it took a long time for me to realize that like A plus B does not equal C or the masculine piece of money for that for me does not work. Meaning $12 an hour translates to a paycheck doesn't work for my system. It's much more, of course, I'm an entrepreneur, like client-based, energetic-based, things like that. Um, The universe will take care of me. All of those woo-woo things is actually, I makes me feel so much less anxious about money. Rather than, okay, I made this and this, especially in like, quote, a gig. It's, I don't, I'm self-employed, but like when you have gigs, it's like, do, I can feel into whether I want to do it or not. And it's not about like, right. mm. so it's interesting because you can think of your own micro concepts and then think of the macro. And I want to talk about GameStop there, but we won't get into that. Well, and the last thing I'll just <laughs> say. A whole rabbit hole. That this card definitely is bringing up something that's been a, definitely aware of my mind and kind of feels um, in the collective and what I hear you saying a bit is also pleasure. How much yes. pleasure do we allow ourselves to relax, to do things that is a bit indulgence, but that discernment with indulgence of like, I can have some chocolate cake, but I'm not going to eat the whole slice. Like I said, I had the most amazing meal, and it was the perfect portion, and I feel great. You know? Yes. I yeah. had one bite of chocolate, and it was perfect. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like allowing yourself to indulge, allowing yourself to have pleasure, but also recognizing you know, when that's still in like a healthy balance. Yes. I love co-reading. This is so great. Hanged man. Hanged man. Hopes and fear. And a, or environment. Environment. So the environment being the hanged man. Well, Surrender. Exactly. Like, enough said. Change your perspective when you're Let feeling go. 
let go, release to the universe, let go, let God. Patience. Utilize your crown chakra. Breath. Find balance. <laughs> Don't be a martyr. Don't be Jesus. But like be Jesus. But like be Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> like actually be Jesus. Be Jesus for yourself, right? Christ That's the whole consciousness. Point. Jesus was like, yeah, I am it's you. It's all within. Christ consciousness. Come on, Mary Magdalene. Big, 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 big right up. now. Or hidden human history is kind of fun to look up. Um, it's a cartoon. But uh, his, his head is also a light. House. His right. head is also a light. So there is a consciousness being created. There is kind of an awakening or there is energy force, right? There is energy there that it's almost like this sense of meditation where you're dropping in, you're surrendering, and yet you're getting the downloads. So like you being able to let go, to suspend yourself in that in-between, to not have a sense of urgency, to not put a timeline or even say any of these things. You know, there's a lot of like... This feels very manifesty to me where it's like write down everything that you want, you know, and maybe that's I want to feel that I'm able to buy things that I want for myself, right? Or I want $100,000, whatever it is. But then you have to let go and yeah. you actually say, I don't actually know. Like that's what I thought I wanted, but God, show me what what you want for me, right? right. What's in alignment for me? Only high and is you, good. Yeah, <laughs> you have to unlock all that ego and the attachments and this is also letting go of conditioning, you know, in my experience with money, I've gone through a really interesting phase where I haven't been making any, and it, or very much, I'll say, currently, and it feels like it's very important. It is a yod of its own in my life of, like, you have to unpack this shit because we're not going to give you any until you're in alignment around it. Right. So everybody has these different relationships. It's just about surrendering and, and letting, I mean, it is letting the universe show you the way. Like, show me the way. What do you, you know, waking up. What do you want me to do today? Right. Who do you want me to be today? Well, and you can think of this like with the environment card in relationship to the, the macro being the environment card of all of us as a collective reading. But then you have the micro of the five of swords at the beginning, which is the ego, which is mm-hmm. you know this idea too of like, what are we attached to or these ideas about ourselves or these thoughts about ourselves that we're attached to that's getting in the way of us creating a new perspective or creating a learning situation like the Page of Wands and being like, okay, I am open to this process. I'm open to learning. Um, it's the pause button. Mm-hmm. I mean, something that keeps coming up for me, which definitely feels like this and this visual I've, I've spoken about, I think maybe I mentioned it on the last episode, but certainly... It's this sense of like if you're in a labyrinth and you keep trying to get out, right? Your your intention is to get out. So you keep looking for the exit and you can't find the exit and you're so frustrated, right? You can either be in frustration or you can sit down and be like, wow, this labyrinth is really beautiful and there's plants here and I, hello, bird. You know what I mean? You start, you switch your perspective and so you are in that surrendering moment, but you're also switching and letting things change. And then all of a sudden you realize there's no labyrinth at all. Or, you know, right. whatever. Almost so it's like Plato's cave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's, who's still stuck in the cave? <laughs> Which we all are to a certain extent. Well. But, like, where have you caged yourself in? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Where do you believe the illusion that you are not free? Well, Ooh. and that's where the death card comes yeah. in beautifully. Hopes and fears. Hopes and fears, right? I mean, can Which we just, like, do a shout-out to Celtic Cross for putting hopes and fears together? Yeah, I like, love it. <laughs> As one card, yeah. Right? Like, stirs pot. Okay. <laughs> well, this is a perfect polarity, right? Because death is the ultimate fear, but it also is the ultimate transformation and hope. So if we are surrendering, we're hoping that there's a whole bunch of deaths going on 
in our beliefs, these stories or anything that's holding us back, we want that transformation so that we can step forward with what I see, this seven, eight of wands, sorry, of like this action, this movement forward. So we're in suspension while things are sorted. Hopefully some things are dying and we've got new things sprouting up and, and all sorts of that transmutation, the, the ultraviolet flame, so that we can at the you know peak of this or like at what we say is kind of the next steps is like full forge ahead. I know what I'm doing. Yes. I've got my marching orders now. Things are cleaned up. I'm all ready to go. Yeah. Well, you think about his feather and his cap is kind of wilted in its back. The Grim Reaper, if you will. He's been through shit. Yeah. And then you have the small feather in the cap of the Page of Wands. But you also have the threshold in the background, the sunset, right? People say the sunset of my life when we're going mm. through that transition. And then you have the moon card. And so, you know, I love the death card here too because... So in readings, I don't get, you know, like oftentimes mediums... I think I've talked about this before, but we'll say... They, they die of a heart attack or they're making me feel this. Or they, da, da, da. I get the energy, right? And so, and I know we've talked about this before. They show me the energetics of death. And most of the time, like sometimes people laugh when they die. They're like, ha, wait, what? Or sometimes there's anger, but the energetics are like, it's like a pop or like a fade or like a shh. Like there's just different cellular things that happen when people pass. And I also like to think of, and I know I talk about this all the time, but the river of sticks in the death card mythologically is this place we go to not just renew where we don't die, we renew, but also where we go to be ushered in. The six of swords is similar to this. Like we are going to be ushered into a new reality, a new life, a new space of things but we have to face the Grim Reaper, right? And this is like that reading I had where the Grim Reaper came in, where it was like, he kept showing me like making fun of like the hood or, or they really, because they're an angel, right? Think of Judaism, right? It, it, like he'd like put his hood over and then take it off and like was kind of like joking with me <laughs> a little bit of like, yes. I'm like, I have to hold this deep irreverent space. You think of death doulas, they know how to hold deep space, but it's not necessarily like, eggshells right like death is very Meet much Joe like black have you seen Meet Joe black yes. yes yeah it's just like boop oh we should rewatch that so um fun. but it is this like you have to hold space for that and if if there's you know and i like to think of this too and there's no fault around humans we are never like talking about it in a judgment space but it's like you know, when one of my friends was passing of cancer, it's like this idea of like making sure you're not soothing yourself when you're uncomfortable with these things, right? And we can think of this with the vid, right? Don't ask people who are sick to soothe you. Like there's this piece of the death card too, where it's like, if you are insecure and uncomfortable with death, then this is going to really come up for you around this Mercury retrograde where it's like, okay, I've got to sit with this, whether it's a friend you've lost, a loved one, and that you can't weaponize death and say, or just change okay, or change and be like, okay, well, you know, and, and I, again, I say that knowing the trauma of people who have passed, right? These, these are deep, these, these can be very deep wounds, but all the more reason to like spiritually resource, right? Mm -hmm. And connect to the other, quote, the other side with that as well. The rainbow bridge, right? That's a similar in the five of cups as well. So there is this grief that's coming up for us collectively that we're having to slow down and look at. And the death card is like, sup? Well, it's what integrating you your about? shadow, you <laughs> uh -huh. know? It's also facing your shadow. It's facing those parts of yourselves. And it's also that whole idea of, like, you make your bed. You're sleeping in it. 
right? Are you turning over where there's maggots under your mattress and you're just pretending not to see it? Yeah. Or Clean that ones. up, you know? Like, uh-huh. face that, love that. I don't know. Do do some stuff there. I love that you were saying this heralding because it does actually remind me a lot of the knights and the court cards yeah, that are bringing horse. in this the horse and the and the this kind of heralding in this new energy. Although it does seem it's this death march. He's clearly going slow. He's not, he's not <laughs> yeah. in any rush to get anywhere. Yeah. Um. But I, yeah, I meet Joe Black is just such an excellent rendition of um, the Grim Reaper in this sense of of embodying death and. It, it isn't this evil wickedness. It's right. just, it's darkness. It's shadow. Yeah. Well, and we think of Scorpios. Yeah. You know, Scorpio moon. I have my Jupiter and Scorpio in the eighth house. It's like, you can think of that Scorpionic feel, right? I mean, in Scorpios, like, I know there's a stereotype of, like, pleasure with the nine of pentacles when it comes to Scorpios, but there is a deep resonance in the root chakra around all of this and around Scorpios where they are the fixed water sign. So it is like a geyser. (laughs) It is like what is springing from, right? And that's where like, and Scorpios get all these like reputations for being, and of course they can be, but like secretive things like this, but it is like a comfort with the shadow, right? The relationship. Well, it's like fetishes and sex. I mean, that's the whole idea. It's something Mm -hmm. that's hidden, something that's kept secret because it seemed to be shamed or bad, but bringing that to the light, being able to embrace it, and also understanding when it is trauma-related or when it is distorted versus when it's in health, you know, when it's healthy. Mm. And so it kind of goes back to that discernment kind of piece. Oh, God, sorry. No, yeah. Sorry. I was just going to point out, because I feel like we're going to move to that one, but the rose, the white rose, is that connection to the um, fool card. And that's that ah, on the flag. On the flag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's Ooh. that throw to that, like, space between the nodes. God, who are you between worlds? <laughs> Where do we go when we die? Well, it's, yeah, that's <laughs> like, space. That's, yep, space. Who are we when we're cellularly not in a body? It's but again, coming back to the tower interpretation is, like, the more that you embrace what you're scared of, the more freedom and actual power and control, like autonomy you have. Totally. And, you know, in this meditation I was doing recently, it was talking about opening your heart, feeling the suffering of others, feeling your own suffering, opening your heart bigger. The more that you actually can hold allows for there to be more flow. And so it is when you have this resistance, you're blocking things. So Mm. how can you kind of expand? And it is kind of that idea of like, how do you uh, visualize your worst fear and how that would come to pass and accepting that. And then once you've accepted that energetically, emotionally, whatever, yeah. then you're actually have more freedom and that resistance and that block is no longer there. Yes. I love it. I love this. Actually, I love this final card too, because it's what February 2nd. I know there's a shadow like and the then there's like the shadow third, on the, the other fourth, side. Yeah. And then, but but the retrograde is oh. technically through the second through the twenty fourth or the twenty first. I, I think can't, I can't it. Remember. Well, I know that it like comes out of shadow actually in March. I was looking at okay. that the other day. Okay, so we can think of this time in history as a very quick time, right? It's going to move forward. Yeah. So this is a throw to like this is a small time. If this is intense for you, remember that Eight of Wands to be like swiftly moving forward. Again, lower Mm. upon the Chariot card. Balance. Find balance in your life. The Chariot card is connected to Cancer, which is um, the crab, right? The cardinal water sign like a river. Think of the River of Sticks. It's like letting things wash over you, letting things move forward. That swift action of like, this card is always easy to describe. It's like, boop, boop. 
like wash your hands of it. If there's something in your life that's difficult around this time, wash your hands of it for now. Right. This is where this is actually a throw to like, don't make big decisions during Mercury retrograde. Right. This is the throw to that. Like, let everything just flow. And rather what you're just saying, rather than hold tightly to that grips, to that rain. Right. Like you think of they, they're sphinxes. They're not horses in in the um, chariot card. Right. Mm. So it's like interesting to think of like balance and what that looks like for us as well. So this is like and don't wish it away. It's also trust that it's happening. Yeah. Right? I think, you know, so much of Mercury Retrograde is that invitation to slow down, to turn within, to deal with this some of this stuff. To me, this all just feels very enriching and amazing. The only card that's a little a bit of a struggle for me is the Hanged Man because I have a hard time with, like, patience and big surrender. But a lot of the rest of it, it's like, face all this, move through it. It's a beautiful time and know that this is the process. It's happening, right? It has hap- – it's coming. It, right. it, it already has – you know, it's that, it's that sense and manifestation of, like, it is done. Yes. So if you think it's already done and you project out that energy, you're already affirming the work working, you know, doing yeah. it and getting to the goal point. Oh, I love it. What a rich reading. Ah! <laughs> you have to talk about what I just pulled a card to kind of be a summation and it's the fool card. <laughs> there we go. So, you know, be a fool. Who are you at your most foolish, right? Only fools rush in. Right? It's like, it's it's very much like, how can you embody that? You can live a whole life based on the Fool card, right? Like, yeah. it's so rich. Um, well, and yet, and it's so irreverent. <laughs> I think pacing yourself is important, right? Yes. Like, with anything, it is a little caution of, like, this seems like a lot of work to do, right? There's a lot going on here. You don't need to dive into it all in one night. You don't even need to put all this on your homework, you know, to-do list. It's more just... Try to push yourself to be a little uncomfortable, like Alex was saying, to confront some of these things, to move through it, to be curious how it's coming up in your life. But also don't force anything. Don't get too serious. That's what I always love about the Fool card, too. It's like, laugh about it, you know? Yeah. I think that that um, vibration and also that perspective and energy of being able to laugh at something mm-hmm. is completely transforming it. Totally. Yeah, I mean, I think in readings, I laugh all the time, and, and I think Shaman Durek talks to this, right? It's like that laughter shifts the energy, mm-hmm. right? You think of laughter yoga, even, like, it shifts the energy, mm-hmm. and so it's like, la- like, that's perfect. Laugh at yourself. Be like, oh, right, I'm in that five of swords place. I'm taking myself too seriously. I just need to laugh. Or like and the universe will do this so where you, like, intense. accidentally fall down yeah. some, like, uh, like a, a few stairs, and it's like, ha okay cool or like something happens to where you're just like blindsided by like having to laugh at yourself That's you know why I, I love that moment when someone is like yes when someone is like taking life so seriously and they get jolted out of it yeah. and start laughing it's so good to witness that moment it's beautiful where it's like oh right yeah you know I, I it's like, so funny though I remember in New York I like it, when I would slip on the subways or whatever it was one time it was pretty bad and I laughed really hard and everybody else was like very confused why I was <laughs> laughing as opposed to you know uh-huh. I was like come on that was hilarious I just took like the biggest digger out of you know in the <laughs> middle of this busy subway I would have laughed I can't help yeah, but laugh when see? people fall it's so funny. I know it's because it's hilarious <laughs> yeah I was like oh shit to laugh <laughs> I mean, Anne, how many of us can, like, laugh when we fall? Typically, we're, like, embarrassed, like, oh, God, no one saw, right? And it's, like, everybody saw. And now you've got, like, influencers in the wild, uh, like, Instagram, yeah. like, filming you, and then you get, you, well, you the, become viral. <laughs> the more, like, you can really see everything for being completely absurd. Yes. 
I, I've said it before is why it's on my arm as a tattoo. Like completely, I believe the more that you're able to just be like, this is all fucking nuts. Yeah. Right. And have that grand sweeping statement. Then you can, again, you're, you're allowing more of it to exist, right? You're expanding your ability to hold it by saying, wow, this is crazy. You know, this is absurd. And then you can kind of start sorting things out and seeing where things fall and you're no longer taking it so seriously. You're no longer in, you know, it's just, it's, it's that crunchy vibe yeah. of like, uh, 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 I just yeah. fell, fuck, or like, I'm having the worst day, right? Instead, it's just like, laugh at something, and all of a sudden, it shifts. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. Yeah! That's a great reading. I loved co-reading. That was fun. That we was should fun. do that more. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. And we'll, can we, well, I'll take a picture of this right now and I can post it on my Instagram for the podcast as yeah. well. And we'll try to reference some of the things that we had brought up. I know we've kind of dropped a bunch of different uh, books and people's names and things today, but hopefully this helps you during this time. It'll be interesting to see at the end of the retrograde um, where we're at. But it also just feels like in general this is good to know getting through this time being 2020, 2021 pandemic life, all of the things. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Hang in there. I like how I was like, we can keep this one short. <laughs> right. Pipe dream. Okay, Pipe okay. dream. Bye everyone. Bye.